trouble is brewing in the red raspberry markets. The price of fruit is being affected. It's being pushed down. What What is this that's going on? Really, the issue is a whole lot bigger than red raspberries. But of course, red raspberries are a big, huge deal here in Whatcom County and in Washington State. Welcome back. We continue here on The Farming Show. KGMI News Talk 790. I'm your host, Dylan Honkoop. Our sponsors... Laurel Farm and Western Supply, Farmer's Equipment Company, and new sponsor, as of a couple of months ago, I guess, McAvoy Oil. Without the uh, support of those sponsors, we wouldn't have the chance to be talking about farming here on the radio on your Saturday morning. We're glad to have you here. But, you know, if we're talking about concerns in the raspberry markets, that's a big deal for agriculture in Whatcom County. Uh, ras- red raspberries, kind of the number two crop um, in in Whatcom County. Dairy is still, still out front. And uh, blueberries very close behind, from what I understand, in the number three slot. So, But raspberries still slugging it out, holding the number two slot as we go here. I feel like I'm doing play-by-play on the markets all of a sudden. <laughs> um, but there's some big concern there about what what we're going to be able to sell our red raspberries for, what they're going to be worth. The, the market is global. It's not like it's just selling down the road or even selling into Seattle like it may have been way back in the day. No, it's a global market. Yeah. Marty Mayberry's with us, mm-hmm. uh, multi-generational uh, raspberry, blueberry, strawberry. What else you guys grow? What else you got on the list? You got that's a few it. other. That's it? Yeah. Good. Because <laughs> there's some, some people have a bunch <laughs> of other things out in the one back patch in the, you know, between their rhubarb and their mm-hmm. uh, black currants and different things like that. But I, mm-hmm. that stuff gets me confused. <laughs> uh, his, his dad, uh, well-known berry grower, your granddad was, you are, your son is, your daughter is. Um, and this is something that you haven't seen before. To this degree. Um we, we've seen it in the past. Uh, we've always had competition from primarily Chile. But with the uh, proliferation of the fresh industry, um, these developing countries have really planted a lot of acreage of berries, not just raspberries, blueberries, face it. The blackberry guys in Oregon are, are pretty much destroyed by it. And it's happened really, really fast. So... Uh, what is this? What, what's the threat? What's the concern? I mean, okay, competition. Everybody has to deal with competition. You got to compete, and a, a lot of industries now have to compete on the world market. What, what's the problem? Well, it depends on your perspective. Um, I, you know, like you said, it's the industry is a lot bigger than just say the red raspberry industry. The question is, is, is whether this is a good long-term trend for U.S. agriculture to be exporting. Um, rapidly uh, labor-intensive crops to other countries. It's happening a lot faster than people realize. Now, hold on. You say exporting crops. You don't mean exporting the actual raspberries. You mean exporting the growing of the raspberries, Yes, the farming and the processing operations. And uh, the last statistics that I saw, 51% of U.S. fruit is imported uh, expected to go to 75 in the next decade. Um, vegetables are sitting in the low 30s, but they expect that to go to 50%. And the labor-intensive crops are primarily uh, mostly fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. and that seems to be what people want to eat. The concern is 
long term, are these is is this a good long term uh, strategy for U.S. agriculture mm-hmm. to be dependent upon other countries for maybe our most valued crops? I mean, we'll continue to grow the the um, you know the mechanized crops, all the starches, you know, wheat, soybean, right. corn, right. potatoes, and all those kinds of things. Uh, that's kind of a bland diet, you know, from where I come from. But um, well, that's I mean, they're telling us to be healthy fruits, veggies. That's what we got to be eating. Yeah. We gotta need more of that in our diet. Yeah, and then you know you you know there's a there's a macro uh, perspective here too. You know we we all want uh, farm workers to be treated treated well. We yeah. all want to see them. Uh, continue to to move forward in in wages and benefits and all those kinds of things. Well, we're actually really going the other way right now. And what's going on is is the farm workers uh, here, you know, have uh, certain protections, wage protections. We're exchanging their jobs for five and ten dollar a day wages you mean when say the raspberries or the blueberries or what the veggies whatever it might be is grown in mexico or in china or yeah foreign country yeah those jobs that would pay minimum they they generally make much higher than that and um usually in the 19 20 dollar an hour mm-hmm. range for the average for the crew and, and instead, somebody somebody is making less than that in a day. Yes, to grow that food in a different country that yes. has very few environmental safeguards, if any. Yes, no protections on those same workers who are making next to nothing. Correct, and they're shipping it over with a big carbon footprint for us to eat here. That's exactly what we're being told we should be against. Yes, right? it is ex- exactly what what. People are telling us that we need to do better um, is going on, and you forgot food safety yeah. regulations. Yeah. I mean, our marketing guy went over to a country, and I'm not going to name it, but was in about 10 processing plants, and we go through multiple food safety audits, mm-hmm. FDA, SQF, uh, all of our customers, on and on and on it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And he said there was only one plant that he went into that had any chance to pass an SQF audit, wow. but yet they pass them. And and FDA doesn't have the authority to move into a foreign country like right. they do here, and we pass you know the Food Safety Modernization Act, and it's a joke. It's a joke because it's not enforced. You know, uh, you know, do they do they all do bad jobs? No, you know, they don't. But if, but there's not a guarantee the, like there is for food that is grown and processed here in the United States. Yeah, and the question is is. Do we want to do we want to consume food from our country or do we want do we care? And you know, if you don't care, okay, that's fine. I mean, there's other industries that have left. Marty Mayberry with us here on the program right now, KGMI News Talk 790, the Farming Show, Dylan Honkoop here, and uh, let's get back to raspberries. So, what what's going on with with raspberries and competition? And is it really about competition or? There's some shady stuff going on here that, that's beyond that. That sounds like it's potentially illegal beyond just good competition. It sounds like there's a problem. Well, you know, illegal would get get back to your anti-dumping laws and and, and things like that. But I, I think the biggest change that we see and and is coming out of the fresh industry, where they used to. Um, they used to, when they picked the off-grade product, they would just drop on the ground because they couldn't afford to separate it 
And now, because of the spotted wing fruit fly, they don't want to leave any fruit in the field, so they put it in a, a secondary bucket, hmm. um, which can be okay, ugly, pretty nasty, um, and all of the above. And they put it in a barrel, and then, well, I guess we can get a little bit of money for it. So we are beginning to compete for the first time against a inferior byproduct uh, coming out of the fresh industry. We so have not, not faced that yet. So its quality is low, if mm -hmm. not terrible. Mm -hmm. And its price, in some ways, corresponds to that. Mm -hmm. But that creates an unfair trade situation, right? Because it's undercutting the market with something that's labeled as a, you know, it, it's purporting to be a B-grade yeah. product, yeah. Yeah. when in, in reality, it doesn't even make the specs for that. Yeah. And then they're selling it as B-grade, but for a much lower price than what you could ever even produce or what they're even producing it for. To be honest with you, I don't even know how they get it into the country uh, from central Mexico into uh, McAllen, Texas, at some of the quotes that we're seeing right now. And, and uh, oftentimes what's going on is, is companies are blending that with uh, domestic here. And, and if people wonder why we don't have a strawberry industry in Whatcom County mm -hmm. anymore, it used to mm -hmm. be the biggest, yeah. uh, biggest berry crop. Whatcom County at one point was the biggest strawberry county in uh, the country. Wow. And basically uh, when California developed a semi-edible strawberry, um, <laughs> Wow, you giving that much credit? I'm still not a huge fan of California strawberries, and they've gotten a lot better, but they still yeah, it depends on the variety. But but then basically we started uh, their their frozen market became the byproduct, and hmm. that led to that led the demise of the Pacific Northwest strawberry industry. Was the U.S. was the Northwest strawberry a lot better? Anybody that lives in our area <laughs> knows what the difference is, but yet. There was only a small price differential that the buyers were willing to pay. Mm -hmm. And over the period of, of 15 years, I remember 25 years pronouncing that the, the Northwest strawberry industry was dead. Mm -hmm. and, and somebody told me the other day, he said, you, you were saying that 25 years ago. And I said, I just didn't know how many nails in the coffin there were. <laughs> <laughs> it's a coffin that's full of nails. How many, how many anchors of strawberries do you guys have? No, only about 55. You know. What did you have back when you were a kid? What did your dad have? No, 175, something like that. And my uncle Winford had two and a quarter, I think, something like that. And you know, 1,800 kids on a bus, and it was just it was chaos. It was. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't organized chaos either. <laughs> Out of control chaos. <laughs> but but there's kind of the formula. And yeah. and this one's a little bit more ugly because it involves things that uh, aren't necessarily legal. And that's being investigated mm -hmm. by international and, and U.S. trade law. Right. And also things that really aren't necessarily healthy or safe. Right. And, you know, there's, there's a number of ways of approaching this. And kind of the, the approach that the Raspberry Commission has decided to go on was to go on a public relations campaign, tell the story. Uh, we hope to add uh, other uh, commissions that are dealing with the same thing mm -hmm. and start, start attempting to get this out in the open because nobody even knows it's going on. And um, when you tell people, you know, say if you're in California, you tell people what's going on, they go, oh, that's not good. You know, we don't want that, do yeah, we? Yeah. I go, no. I, I, I think for, 
10 cents a pound or something, the consumer might see two or three of those, of that 10 cents. It, to me, it's not a very good trade-off, you know. The, the whole market, you know, you've seen such consolidation in the retail sector. Um, more and more power comes to the retail side. Less and less power comes well, to the Well, I would say this. I think a lot of people, if they knew the story, yes. if they were aware of what was going on, I mean, mm -hmm. look at what people will pay extra for something that's labeled organic. Right. Mm -hmm. That's important to them. Yes. And we can talk about, you know, does that make a difference or doesn't? I think in some cases, maybe it does. In a lot of cases, it doesn't. But whatever, people feel good about buying stuff with that label on yeah. it. I think if people had an opportunity to say, hey, mm -hmm. I heard this story. Mm -hmm. This makes sense to me. I want to buy stuff that's grown here in America. Yeah. And, and maybe even I want to buy stuff that's grown here in Washington State or in the Pacific Northwest or right. whatever it might be. Right. I think that's important. I think people would pay extra for that. Well, I think the uh, the concept was we talked about the other day that that the statistics are out. People will pay more if there's a perceived additional value, and the the key word is, is perceived. It's healthier, it tastes better, it's safer, yeah. it it protects the environment. I mean, how many how many different benefits do we need? Kick my, the microphone out from under me for a <laughs> second, but I guess I'm getting too agitated. But there's just so so many reasons why. Well, you know, there's a lots of different food movements. Seems like there's a new one uh, every <laughs> yeah, day. That's and true. It's, it's really been a challenge for the food companies and agriculture to stay up on it because, you know, things change rapidly. One thing will be in vogue today, and then tomorrow it's out of vogue. And, yeah. But, you know, I always tell people, you know, one of those food movements is local food production. Mm -hmm. and, and I always answer, says, why don't we start with the United States? Nobody seems to be concerned about that. And Everybody and, seems either they buy their stuff globally and it's coming from China or wherever, or yeah. it's got to be produced like 20 miles away. Right. How about we kind of bring that circle down a little bit more slowly than that? <laughs> well, we can start there and narrow down <laughs> versus start narrow and widen out. But, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think you'll probably start hearing more about this as other commodities. We're not alone. Yeah. Uh, Florida, Florida's uh, berry guys, the Florida tomato guys are just getting cremated by mm. Mexico. And mm. there's a lot of American companies that are moving to Mexico and Peru. It's, it's not, you know, just all the Mexicans doing this. It's, it's, it's a lot of us. Yeah, Cause I wonder if some of this stuff ag. has to be brought in and then further processed here in the United States, who are the companies doing this and why are they okay with it? Well, <laughs> some of those companies are my customers. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I want to get into well, we won't name names. Naming names. But, but in their defense, what's the What's the MO here? Yeah. If their competition starts doing it mm -hmm. and they start losing business, you see how this rolls into a bigger and bigger problem yeah. because, you know, if they lose uh, and, uh, and one of the biggest uh, preservers uh, just basically said they weren't going to buy a pound mm -hmm. uh, in the Pacific Northwest because they lost a big major retail account. Well, we expect that that they're they're bringing in some of either California or Mexican blending it, and and so then then you know the other companies have to look at that and go you know we're going to have to do it too, or we're going to lose business. We don't mm -hmm. want to do it uh, for a number of reasons that we discussed, but but they have to compete at their level too. Absolutely, they do. And with the growers have to compete, the processors have to compete, the buyers beyond that mm -hmm. these. Big companies, sometimes not as big companies, who buy this stuff and then distribute. It. There's a yeah whole chain. 
Yeah, and we we talk a lot about free trade. You know, it's not free trade. It's negotiated trade, even the free trade deals. Like, mm-hmm. we have a big duty to ship uh, frozen blueberries into China. Uh, Chile has no duty shipping their blueberries into China. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, there's a lot of talk about the, about trade and whether we should be getting into a trade war, not getting into a trade war. But listen, there's a lot of bad trade deals out there. And they need to be dealt with. And, and oftentimes, agriculture takes the short end of the stick on this because we get negotiated away for the big corporations and things like that. And, mm-hmm. and we find ourselves, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of thing. But there's, there's one other factor that's, that's very concerning to me. It's almost every year now, one or two new invasive pests that are coming in from foreign countries. And we're having to deal with that. And we're, you know, the, the, the need for insecticides and stuff is growing because we have all these, these things coming from China and Japan and here and there and everywhere. And it is a huge problem. And we're not dealing with it in the United States here. And, you know, more organic stuff is coming in, so you might have more insects hopping a, hopping a ride yeah. as well. And they have been very destructive. Even though I have some big questions about stuff that's labeled organic that doesn't come from the United States. Especially well, certain countries have a quite the quite the record of labeling something organic that's not yeah. at all. But And you should, because sometimes <laughs> it gets changed once it's on the water. Yeah. But but I think that's, you know, all of a sudden we start seeing a proliferation of organic red raspberries coming out of Serbia. And and you know, we have a three year waiting period. Well, I know one thing. They ain't waiting no three years, okay? Because mm-hmm. if, if, if there's hardly any one year and there's a whole bunch the next, tell you, me how that happens. You know what's going on there. Yeah. Well, we're running out of time, but thank you for starting to tell the story. I think there's a lot more to be told and a lot more people to tell this story. Marty Mayberry with us, longtime, lifetime uh, local berry grower. Uh, his family has been in the business now. What? What? Your kids are fourth generation. Correct. Mm-hmm. You think they're going to go fifth? You think uh, their kids are getting <laughs> indoctrinated as we speak? There's a lot of uncertainty, Dylan. Yeah. There, there really is right now, and uh, we're going to. Well, that's the big get, question here: yeah. Is there a future in this? I mean, uh, and that's a hard question to ask. I think if, more and more if, growers are asking that question because if this trade stuff doesn't get figured out, there isn't a future. That's the, the long-term concern. Mm. You know, we, we do have to get better. I mean, we, we got to get yep. a lot better. But can we get that much better is, is the question. We keep, we keep working at it. Well, that's scary to think about, but I think more people do need to be thinking about it. Marty, thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Thanks, Dylan.